Is your business protected against the threat of malicious litigation and frivolous lawsuits? Are you sinking company profits into marketing campaigns that do nothing to contribute to the growth of your business? Bottled Business Sense provides practical business perspectives that uniquely emphasize both legal and media marketing strategies to protect and ensure the longevity of your business. Now, whether you're trying to provide a startup business with some level of stability or an established business with foolproof asset and estate protection, or simply attempting to get a better return for your business marketing dollars, Bill Bernard and Rick Muscoso will expose potential pitfalls to ensure the security and growth of your business, free from unwanted expense and the threat of litigation. You'll learn how to implement marketing and protection tools equal to those used by today's most successful corporations. Let's join Bill and Rick for today's Bottled Business Sense Show. Good morning, everyone. Today is Tuesday at 10 a.m. here Pacific Time. Welcome back to the Bottled Business Sense show. And uh, things might look a little peculiar uh, today. And uh, you know what? We do the show anywhere and everywhere. We do it all over the country, don't we? Yeah, yeah we do. And so uh, ignore the mess in the background. Hey, uh, but uh, I'm moving my office, Rick. So that's uh, you'll see some boxes here and things of that nature but uh, fear not we're here to provide you with free information right that's absolutely right so the the content here is much more uh worth the uh the mess that you see in the background so just ignore that for this uh, episode anyway i want to welcome everyone back to the uh to the show on the other side you've heard uh, my co-host mr bill bernard and today he's going to be speaking on uh the issues with living trust that own s corporation stock but before we get into that Let's uh, bring Bill onto the floor. Yes. Good morning, Rick. It's great to be back uh, together again in uh, the same room and uh, doing this show the way we used to do it uh, some years back. Um, today, we're going to talk about something pretty unique uh, for most folks. Uh, we've talked about asset protection in the past and the value of uh, an S corporation. Um, and the S corporation, of course, is one of the entities that you want to, you want to form, uh, along with LLCs, uh, in order to gain some form of asset protection over your personal assets. But what happens when you have, uh, an estate plan, because we're going to combine estate planning with asset protection to some extent here today. What happens if you have an estate plan, um, and the, um, in addition to having a state plan, uh, your regular estate plan, you have a living trust that owns S corporation stock. So in other words, a living trust can become the owner of S corporation stock. Um, and this can result in some difficulties if it's not set up properly. So we're gonna talk about what happens if an S corporation uh, actually owns a uh, living trust becomes the owner of S corporation stock. So here's, here's one of the first things we want to talk about. Um, we know uh, that an, a trust is an estate planning tool, of course. Um, and we know that the S corporation provides some level of asset protection. But although a trust can um, be permitted, a permitted shareholder in an S corporation, Okay, so you have a living trust that you've established. Now you want to make it a shareholder in an S corporation. 
it owns S corporation stock. So instead of Rick or Bill owning stock in an S corporation, we have a living trust that's been set up that now owns S corporation stock. So we're not putting S corporation stock into our living trust. We can do that too. That's a whole different ball game. But here we're talking about a living trust that owns part of the corporation, the S corporation. It owns stock in that S corporation. So although it's allowed to do so, it's got to be set up pursuant to Section 1361 of the Internal Revenue Code. Now, I'm not going to go into Internal Revenue Codes. Uh, I certainly don't profess to be a tax expert, uh, but that is something that is uh, pretty uh, straightforward and pretty well known to most tax people. Uh, and of course, we've always said that when you have somebody on board when you're with your business, you need to have uh, a good attorney, you need to have a good marketing person, and you need to have a good CPA. So let's talk about um, how this happens. With few exceptions, trusts known as either a grantor's trust or a qualified subchapter S trust, don't worry about all those terms, but you must have a, have a subchapter, uh, sub excuse me, a subchapter chapter estra say that three times fast um and it's got to be uh set up that way uh sometimes also referred to as a small business trust uh, if the trust is not one of the trusts specifically authorized by the internal revenue code uh to it however and it becomes a shareholder of the corporation it ceases to be qualified as an s corporation so if you have if you have a trust and it's not authorized by the Internal Revenue Code, the way I've just explained it, uh, and it becomes a shareholder in the corporation, uh, the uh, corporation ceases to be qualified as an S corporation, and it will be taxed as a C corporation. That's a lot to take in. Just know that in order for a trust to own S corporation stock, uh, it's got to have uh, this special designation by 1361 of the Internal Revenue Code, and most tax people know how to do this very easily. Um, so having said that, um, let's talk about some of the other issues involved. Um, and I thought that maybe the best way to do this would be uh, to give an example. And I've written down an example, so I'm going to read this to you. Consider the example of a single woman, let's call her Mrs. Jones, who creates a living trust. As with most living trusts, Mrs. Jones name, names herself as the initial trustee in the trust uh, and retains the right to revoke the living trust as long as she has capacity, meaning she's got her wits about her, right? She's competent. This is a standard revocable trust, right? You're the trustor, you create the trust, then you become the trustee, you run the trust. Uh, until you pass and then a successor trustee steps in. Uh, but what happens if Mrs. Jones becomes incapacitated, if she no longer has the power to revoke the trust, and if her power of attorney does not specifically provide that the trust be revoked by her agent? In other words, she has a power of attorney, the power of attorney can take over and run her financial affairs when she becomes incompetent, but the power of attorney does not say that the agent has the power to revoke the trust the way Mrs. Jones would have had the power. Um, the trust no longer is revocable. 
and it loses its grantor status. If it loses its grantor status, it cannot own stock in a S corporation. So what does that mean? It means one, you've got to have your trust classified properly as a grantor trust in order to own S corporation stock. And then you better have a, if you're going to own S corporation stock, you better have an agent within your power of attorney that has the ability to revoke um, uh, the, the trust um, because the trustee, the lady, Mrs. Jones, who became incapacitated, typically has the power to revoke the trust, okay? It's a grantor's trust. It has the power to do certain things. Mrs. Jones can revoke it. If she becomes incompetent, she has to have an agent in her power of attorney that also can revoke it, or else it does not retain the status necessary to own uh, S-corporation stock within that living trust. So, Bill, where, where, do, where do people run into problems with that? Because isn't that usually well-defined when when uh, creating the trust? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, I think it is. Uh, but as we all know, most people have some difficulty with legalese. Most people have to consult with their lawyer to have them explain it. And the purpose of this video is really to, to explain it now in some detail, not all detail, but some detail, in order to allow people to understand that this is not something that's forbidden or should be scary to them. It's a simple process if you have the right lawyer and if you have the right CPA who can advise you of the tax ramifications. Now, there are even more risks when a grantor dies. Let's say, for example, what happens if a married couple creates a living trust and one spouse dies? At that point, many trusts enter an administrative period until the trust assets can be divided and distributed into two separate shares, a share for the surviving spouse and a share for the deceased spouse. So the deceased, the deceased spouse now has a, an irrevocable trust and those assets are either distributed to somebody else or they go to the, the remaining surviving spouse. The surviving spouse still has an ongoing revocable living trust, okay? The surviving spouse's share usually continues to be held in a new revocable trust, as I've just explained, otherwise known as a survivor's trust. While the deceased spouse share is often held in one or more uh, irrevocable trusts. What all that means is it's held for the distribution of people in the future or it's distributed immediately to, to certain beneficiaries or the share then reverts back to the surviving spouse. Um, if an S corporation stock says stays titled in the name of the original living trust for more than two years from the date of death of the S corporate, excuse me, the date of death of the first spouse, the company's S corporation status could be lost because the living uh, trust ceased to be a granter's trust at the death of the deceased spouse. So we said it has to remain revocable, right? So if the deceased spouse dies and that trust stays in the name of the original two people, then it could lose its grantor status because the deceased spouse now has an irrevocable trust and the surviving spouse has a revocable trust. And we know it has to be revocable, a grantor's trust, to be able to still own shares in an S corporation. So what does that mean? So if it's more than two years, the company's S corporation status could be lost because the living trust ceased to be a grantor's trust at the first spouse's death. Uh, so you have a two-year grace, grace period there 
under the Internal Revenue Code to hold S Corporation stock. So what would you want to do there? You'd either want to get rid of that S Corporation stock or you'd want to rename the trust in the name of the surviving uh, person, the wife or the husband, right? And now you can go on owning that S Corporation. So understand here. When you're talking about these two interchanging variables, you're talking about a living trust owning S Corporation stock and the living trust has to meet certain requirements in order to do that. And what happens if the S corporate, if the living trust does not meet those requirements as we've been going through just now? It affects what? Not the living trust, but the S corporation. It affects the ability of the S corporation to retain its S corporation status because the shareholder, one of its shareholders has lost the ability to hold those shares because the trust is no longer revocable. okay? Now, I'm not going to get too much more into this because I think I've thrown a lot on your plate. I'll listen to the video a couple of times to make sure you have this down. But if we want to recap, you must have a trust, be a grant or trust, uh, under 1361 of the Internal Revenue Code, okay? Uh, and that is otherwise known uh, as a qualified subchapter S trust. It means it's allowed to hold S corporation shares. That is indicated in the trust. But if the trust loses its grantor status, if it becomes something other than a revocable trust, and that could happen in a number of different ways, then it can no longer hold the, the excuse me, then the S corporation loses its retention as an S corporation, and that affects that corporation and the trust's ability to hold that uh, stock legally. So what do we need to do here? Foresight tells us that uh, a living trust that owns S corporation stock uh, needs to be counseled by the appropriate attorney who can insert those clauses within the trust and uh, make sure that that person is aware of IRS regulations. Now, most attorneys know the IRS regulation 1361 that allows a living trust to hold S corporation stock. But uh, with respect to the tax ramifications of that, and I'm not going to represent one way or the other what those are, that would be something to discuss with your CPA because that's not something we're covering in this in this particular episode. So, bottom line. Make sure you see a lawyer. Uh, make sure you have a CPA on board. But don't be afraid to hold S corporation stock. Uh, if you have a living trust, don't be afraid to hold S corporation stock. Just make sure that for that living trust to do that, it's got to meet certain qualifications. And so uh, I know that might be clear as mud to some people. But it really is something that an estate planner can take care of when they devise the trust. Because you may have an S corporation where you want to be able to hold that stock uh, and the living trust uh, is able to do that as long as they meet the requirements of the IRS. Uh, and as long as you're aware that once a, uh, once a partner in a living trust dies, then you have a two year period to continue to hold that stock or you revert the trust to a name uh, of the surviving uh, partner, uh, which would then allow you to continue to hold that, um, that stock if you so choose, okay? I hope uh, it's, a, it's a topic that I decided to tackle. 
it's not as simplistic as some of the other topics we try to tackle on the show, but I thought it was important because uh, there have been a lot of questions uh, about uh, the proper insertion of paragraphs within a, uh, within a living trust. And really, they're not that difficult. And when I do my trust, I have uh, a sheet that comes, about a five-page sheet that comes with the trust that goes through each paragraph of the trust and explains in layman's terms what the legal uh, explanation uh, for each paragraph of the trust means. So you can read that, you can understand it, and then if you have questions after that, you give me a call and I can go into more, more detail. But, excuse me, that's it in a nutshell, folks. I hope it makes some sense to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the uh, feedback on that particular topic, Bill. There's, uh, it just goes to show you that this can be complex and even more troublesome if you are, are trying to do this on your own and not aware of all these things that uh, Bill had discussed or even trying to get an off-the-shelf off online solution because that, that a lot of times doesn't work out for you. So, and, and, and one thing I should mention, Rick, is you realize when you own S Corporation stock, that stock that you own is titled in the name of the living trust, just like any other asset that you would put in your living trust to fund it. And accordingly, it's going to have to meet certain requirements uh, over and above what typical assets have to meet in order to be placed in the trust. And those are what we reviewed today. And you just have to make sure that your attorney, when he, when he does the trust, inserts those paragraphs and you have to be aware of uh, what you have to do down the road if you have a trust that um, is done with another person and that person uh, dies because that person who dies now has a irrevocable trust, you still have a revocable trust. So it's it's got to remain a grantor trust and what does that mean? It's got to remain revocable. So. Uh, just uh, if, you, if you own this stock, make sure you have an attorney who knows what to include inside the trust and make sure you have an attorney who knows what to do if and when your partner passes away. Okay. Yeah. So if, uh, folks, if you have any more questions in regards to this topic, you can reach out to Bill at the information here below this video. Uh, if you're interested in taking a, taking a look at other uh, episodes that we've done in the past over the last five years, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course on YouTube or at the Bottle Business Sense uh, Show website where we have five years of various different topics on, on uh, business uh, law, employment law, and marketing tips. It's so, a good point, Rick. It's good to re go back and review shows we've done on uh, S corporations and LLCs, and then it's good to go back and review just living trust shows uh, where you get the meat of what a living trust is and and, you know, you have a better understanding of those two things individually. So when you watch a show like this, it, it makes a little more sense to you when you combine that that uh, entity with the living trust scenario. Yeah. Uh, I know Bill uh, touched on this briefly on uh, his summary, but uh, why don't you share with us the uh, PYE 365, what, what people can find there that are looking into creating a trust for themselves. And I, I, I have to recommend this because, you know, I, 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 I helped Bill form this and I can see how detailed thought he put behind it to make sure that you get exactly what you need and exactly, you know, what's, what's required. So the end result is, uh, you know, uh, yep. what you're looking for. So Bill, just uh, briefly share what yeah. you have. Yeah. Thanks Rick. Yeah. Rick did uh, the whole website and the outline of it and, 
and uh, I gave him a schematic of what I wanted to include and we set it up and uh, what it has is a number of different videos that talks about different aspects of the documents you receive in a trust package. It talks about certain specific aspects of each of those documents. It also has a, a page that has a drop-down box with the most relevant questions where if you don't want to watch a video, you click on the drop-down box, you pick a question, and then you get the, uh, the response um, underneath the question. So it's really easy to do. It also has an, an, uh, a calculator where you can uh, calculate what you save in terms of if you had to go to, through probate without a trust. It has, um, uh, it has a form uh, for single people or partners uh, to fill out and send to me uh, a fill-in form online, a uh, fillable form, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, and then when you fill in the form, you click on it, it comes right to my uh, box, and then we, uh, we get going. It saves you the trouble of having to uh, come in uh, for a consultation. Uh, but then again, I'm always available by phone and certainly always available for a consultation if you insist on one. Um, and it's got uh, uh, some some really good uh, referrals on there uh, or some reviews and some um, uh, people who are satisfied with the site. So it's really a convenient way to get the full picture of, uh, of an estate plan and what you may want in terms of the involvement level of your estate plan, how much your assets are are and uh, and where you want to go with them. So uh, it's pyeprotectyourestate365.com or pye365.com. You can get there either way with either URL. Um, and uh, so I invite you to look at that. It's been a great success for me and um, uh, clients come there all the time. And uh, it's the first place I send them before they even retain me. If they call me, I tell them to go there because it allows you to have a chance to meet me by way of the videos and also gives you uh, some feel for who I am and what I know, what I know. and uh, also uh, what my reviews are like. And those are something you should take into consideration before you retain an attorney. All right. All right. Well, well, there you go, folks. Um, I'll include the links below in case you didn't quite get that, but uh, I'll include the links to PYE365 or protectyourstate365.com. Uh, so you can just uh, hop on over to that site and check it out. So. Anyway, uh, Bill, thanks again for the great uh, episode. Glad to do it. And uh, again, reach out to him at the contact information below if you have any questions. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Bottle Business Sense Show. We will see you next uh, in two weeks. We'll record another show and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. You'll see us. Uh, we, we're recording this because we're live in person together here. Uh, we're going to record another show and um, uh, that'll play the following week. Uh, after this one. So enjoy and be well and be successful. Thank you.